everybody and welcome to fantasy football today dfs we've got a lot to cover today with a 13 game slate and of course i do it with my partner on crime on fridays mike mcclure mike how you doing doing well see you. good to see you here ready for the slate uh, as you mentioned 13 games uh, it's amazing how much different a like a 10 game slate feels from a 13 game slate there's just so many additional options uh, on this slate I was going to ask you about that, actually. And first of all, I got to tell people, um, we, Mike and I were talking before the show, and he has a lot of like really interesting takes, and I have a lot of really interesting takes. So, it, And I guess that leads to my question before we get into this slate, and we'll start with Eagles Commanders. But do you approach a slate any differently? Like, we have no buys. That's why we have the 13 games. Do you approach this slate any differently from – and I don't even necessarily mean from a lineup construction standpoint, but in terms of maybe do you extend out a little bit your – I know you usually play five lineups, for example. Do, do you play a few more lineups because it's a bigger slate, or you just you, you approach it the same exact way? It's generally approaching it the same way for me. I like to be super consistent. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, I think it's fine to play more or less based on what you like. Uh, for me personally, I just like to play the exact same contest every week. It just keeps everything really, uh, really organized and straightforward for me. So what happens here is I, I simply – typically end up crossing out three to four games where I just have yeah. no interest at all. Well, and that's, it's funny you say that it's a great transition because, because it's a 13 game slate and this is usually an hour or less show, usually less than an hour. Uh, we don't want to spend too much of your time on games that we know we're not going to have pieces in. So of these 13 games, there's going to be at least a few that we just kind of fly through. So if, if you have a question about a game that we skipped, go ahead and ask it in the chat, or maybe you can ask message me later and ask me about it. Certainly don't mind. Um, answering those questions. I see a lot of you in the chat. Please hit the like button. Don't forget the contest. It'll probably be in the chat, by the way, the link to it. But either way, it's always in the podcast description and the YouTube description. So join our contest. It's about half full at this point. Usually fills up by Saturday, Saturday night. So let's get that done soon. By the way, we have nine games at one o'clock. We have four games at the four o'clock time frame. One is at 405, three at 425. Again, I point that out for late swap purposes. Uh, let's start with Eagles Commanders. This is a 43 and a half point total, Mike. I think this is interesting for one reason and one reason only. It's the Eagles side. Like in a game like this, do we want to stack the Eagles? Washington does tend to play the Eagles tough. I don't really think that matters the way Washington's playing defensively. I think the question becomes, do you play A.J. Brown? Do you play a hurt stack? Uh, among all the other stacks we're going to have to choose from, do you play a hurt stack? And do you get kind of contrarian with, like, let's say, a Devontae Smith or maybe get DeAndre Swift in your lineups? There's a lot of good running backs to play. So DeAndre Swift has sort of fallen down my board a little bit. Do you like anything in this game? You know, I think that all of those guys are fine one-offs. I'm not going to full-on stack Jalen Hurts in this game personally. Uh, you know, I do think it could get overly competitive. Washington does have a knack for playing this team competitive. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slower, ugly game. One that Philly's really never truly in doubt uh, in terms of winning. So my preferred way to look at it, like I, I think you could sprinkle in Devontae. I think he's fine. Uh, my preferred method on this game, though, is honestly looking in the sports betting market, and it's going to be longest reception overs uh, for mm -hmm. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, I think we definitely see big plays in the game. Um, I, I do think possessions overall could be somewhat limited. So I, I'm personally, at their price points, going to be staying off of it. Uh, but I have no issues playing either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith or, frankly, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, is kind of one-off plays. I, I don't recommend stacking them. 
yeah, I'm not going to stack this game either. I'll probably, um, kind of a spoiler alert, I, I do think, and, and it's not because I think Devontae Smith is due necessarily. Um, I do think, though, that because this Washington defense is so susceptible to the long ball, I do think we could see a couple of catches by Devontae Smith, a couple long balls maybe land in the end zone. It could be sort of that Devontae Smith game because of this defensive matchup. So I think that's something to consider since nobody's going to be paying up for Devonte Smith on this particular slate. So those are things to consider maybe in your your bigger entry contests. Uh, let's move on, though. Patriots plus nine and a half at the Dolphins. 47 point total. Uh, this one's a lot more interesting. Um, I've checked the weather. Uh, I checked it a couple of days ago. I'll, I'll refresh and make sure I'm looking at it again. But I, I don't think there's any weather concern in this game down in Miami. Uh, I think a Tua stack is certainly in play. It's expensive. There's other stacks we probably like. Pulling Tyreek Hill at 9,500 from this game, super expensive. I'm not sure I'm getting there. He has that hip injury, which, by the way, I'm not really worried about, but it's just something to point out. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 7,700, certainly priced up. That's good news in the sense that he'll probably be um, like lower owned, obviously. It's the Patriots side, though, Mike, that I'm interested in. Kendrick Bourne's obviously been good. We've talked about him on this show. Demario Douglas, only 3,300 on this slate. Are you interested in the big-time pieces on Miami, and are you playing anybody on the other side? You know, I'm interested in Tyreek Hill, obviously. Uh, spoiler alert, he's really, really good. Um, yes. So I, I like playing Tyreek Hill wherever I can. I, I typically pay up for wide receivers like that on DraftKings where we're getting the full point PPR, uh, especially with guys that we can generally expect eight to ten receptions from. Uh, just creates such a high floor, right? So I, I like Tyreek still. I like the fact that it's on Miami. We do have to check the weather. There could always be rain in Miami. Uh, but overall, when dealing with any sort of injury, I, I'm more comfortable when it's 80 degrees outside as opposed to being in New England where it could be colder. So I, I do like this spot for him. Uh, on the other side, Kendrick Bourne is interesting to me. The price point at 4700 he, he's going to be super popular. Um, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm actually going to be fading him this week. I like Douglas a little better, just the salary savings, 3300 um, I'm not stacking to a, and Tyreek, though. I think this is a a Tyreek Hill only situation for me. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. And by the way, I'm looking at the weather uh, down in Miami where I just moved from. Somebody asked me where I am. I thought that was a kind of a vague question, but maybe where is my location? I, I moved from Miami um, to the Northern Virginia area right outside of DC. So if that uh, answers your question, but uh, it does sort of reference um, me being sort of from Miami the last 17 years. It looks like we have a decent chance of showers, like 40%. And it looks like the wind might be up a little bit. Nothing like crazy, but we could be looking at 15 to 20 mile per hour winds. That doesn't necessarily mean sustained winds. Something basically, you know, you're going to want to look into on Sunday, but um, something to consider. Did you mention Demario Douglas? Am I out? Am I out in left field on on Demario at 3,300? He's obviously been stepping it up. Juju Smith-Schuster's probably back this week, but I still think in a negative ga game script, Demario could kind of, you know, break one or, or or still get maybe four to six targets. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I, you know, I think the most attractive point here is obviously the price point, right? $3,300. Uh, there, there's a lot of wiggle room there. There's a massive difference between $3,300 and $4,700 uh, over on DraftKings. So if you want to speculate on any of those, I honestly, I don't mind uh, Douglas there. I think no one's really going to play him. So I, I think it's, I, I have no issues. I think if I were to do that, it would probably be the scenario where I'm playing Tyreek Hill, though. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's move on to the Rams plus six at the Cowboys. This is a 45 and a half point total. This one's interesting. And Mike, I know you have a lot of interest, so I'm going to kind of cede the floor to you and, and just 
Get your thoughts. I mean, listen, Dak Prescott, he's 6,100. CeeDee Lamb, 7,600. Michael Gallup, really interesting. Super inefficient last week, but he was getting the targets. He had 10 targets, I believe, only caught three of them. He's only 3,400. Jake Ferguson gets a lot of targets, with the exception of last week, 3,600. And then, of course, Cooper Cup, 9K, Nakua, 7,600. There's a lot of pieces here. Pollard in this game, too. What do you like in this one? I like all of it, Sia. Uh, this is my favorite game of the week. I think this game is going to be a competitive shootout back and forth. Uh, I, I really I, I like the Cowboys' chances of winning it, but I do like the Rams' ability to push. Uh, I think this is a good matchup overall for Dak Prescott. I love that it's controlled environment, playing indoors. Uh, really helps both of these teams. They play much better when they're playing in those domes. So I, for me, it's going to start with Dak Prescott. At 6,100, the price point has fallen uh, quite a bit. He, he's a $7,000 quarterback when he's playing in a matchup like this. Um, I, I like Tony Pollard a lot. I like Michael Gallup. Uh, the, again, the most attractive thing about Michael Gallup, the efficiency wasn't necessarily there. The targets are there. The price point is there. Uh, when you look at that price point, just $3,400, very, very attractive in this kind of a matchup. Uh, and then the tight end, Jake Ferguson. I don't think the Rams are going to be successful covering tight ends this season, uh, the way they set up defensively. So I think there's going to be a lot of work over the middle of the field. Uh, that's where Tony Pollard's going to come in out of the backfield, and that's where Jake Ferguson uh, is going to come in. So I really, really like stacking the Dallas side with a Cooper Cup bring back on the other side. Uh, that will be my primary stack this week. Are you okay with people saying, I don't want to pay for Cooper Cup. I'm dropping down to Nakua at 7,600? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, I think it would be an excellent bounce back by low opportunity on Cooper Cup. Uh, we basically just saw him have his worst game in a year and a half uh, in that last game, um, but which really was unfortunate. I had a great week on FanDuel, by the way. Uh, 10x on FanDuel with Cooper Cup in my lineup at six fantasy points. Wow. Just a, uh, it, it was very, very close to a, a big one. Was waiting for his big second half touchdown that he always has that never came. Mm -hmm. uh, I think his ownership is going to be single digits this week. Honestly, I, I think Cooper cup at his price point will be single digit ownership. I think the field is going to jump off of him completely after what we saw. Um, so because Dak Prescott is my favorite stack, I will be heavy uh, on Cooper cup on the bring back this week. I, I like it. I have one more question on this game before we move on. Uh, but we do have a question from uh, a week. 2K, I guess is how you pronounce it. Uh, he said he asked about, I think, Terry McLaurin. Um, was it he that? Yeah, he asked about McLaurin or Dotson a good play when we were on that Eagles game. Uh, I'm not playing either of them, especially not playing Dotson. Uh, he just hasn't gotten there. McLaurin got there late in the game last week. He really wasn't involved the first three quarters. Uh, with that said, I, I would only consider McLaurin if I'm playing like the early slate only, which I recommend. I almost hit huge Mike when I played the early slate only last week. So mm -hmm. uh, keep that in mind. There's different variations to these slates. But uh, no, it's, it's a no for McLaurin for me. Mike, I assume he's not on your radar either. Yeah, not on my radar. Nobody on the Washington side personally. Um, I honestly, if I was going to play any Eagles, it's not in there now. The only one I could see myself really getting to is probably A.J. Brown in a lineup where uh, I wasn't going to play either Tyreek or Cooper Cup. Yeah, and one last question on, on the Cowboys. So I know you play limited lineups, but if let, let's just let's just give out an example lineup, something that you might actually play or that you're likely to play uh, with a Dak stack. Because I'm just curious, is it with CD? Like, if if I could almost classify it as like a primary, your first Dallas lineup would be would it be Dak with CD or would it be Dak with some of these lower price guys that we just mentioned? Uh, the lower price guys that you mentioned, I'm going to build it out real quick. Uh, but it's going to be Dak to Gallup and Ferguson. 
Uh, and then on the bring back, you'll start with Cooper Cup. Uh, potentially a Tony Pollard lineup. It could be a full-on stack there. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be heavily featured. Let's see, Brees Hall, someone mm-hmm. we like. I have no clue on defense yet. I have not uh, run a ton of defensive stuff. Let's just... And as you're as you're looking at that, I'll mention that Pollard's getting over 80% of the backfield touches. In that. So even though he hasn't been great uh, in this matchup, it's you can run on the Rams. So it would make sense to play a little bit of Pollard. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Pollard a lot. I think that uh, he's definitely a stackable piece. Um, yeah, definitely a stackable piece. All right. Are you still in a lineup build mode? Yeah. I'll, so basically run through one. It'd be like Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, Brees Hall, Cooper Cup, Michael Gallup, a blank spot at wide receiver, Ferguson, blank spot at flex. Um, and, and you'll basically, for those two, the wide receiver and the flex, if you use a $2,500 defense, you have 6K, 6,100 each. Not um, bad. So, yeah, you can go all the way up to Tyreek and all the way down to one of the Chiefs. Uh, you can play any of those receivers in the mid-range uh, that we'll talk about here in a little bit. So maybe Love potentially it. Jamar Chase. Uh, we'll talk about that game in a bit, but there, there are definitely yeah. options to do it. Love it. I uh, love that lineup. All right. Well, we got to move on to the next game here, which is going to be Jaguars and Steelers. But before we do that, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. All right, let's move on to a game. We're probably not going to be super interested in uh, it's Jaguars minus two and a half at the Steelers, uh, 41 point total. I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm waiting to, just as a, against the spread play here. It has nothing to do with DFS. I'm, I'm personally liking the Steelers in this game if Deontay Johnson is healthy. And that kind of plays into the DFS. I know we sat out of practice yesterday with what appears to be a hamstring issue. issue. I, I don't know if that was just rest or an aggravation, but he's 5,000. And I actually, Mike, I like that going into the week because he looked really good last week, and we know he commands the targets. Obviously, Pickens would be in play, but this game in general, not loving it. I certainly don't like anything on the Jaguars' side. I think the Steelers' defense, especially at home, is extremely formidable. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have moments where he just looks confused uh, because that happens sometimes when he gets pressure. Uh, anything on this game? Not really. There's one I mentioned uh, that you'll see later in the cheat sheet-ish in the top threes. It's going to be Evan Ingram for one reason. I, I do think that Lawrence struggles. And I, I like the way that he targets him uh, in, in some of those situations. So I think that Evan Ingram, uh, on a week where you, you may not be getting all the way up to Travis Kelsey, I, I think that Evan Ingram at 4,500 is going to be expensive enough that he's like over-owned, I mean under-owned relative to guys like Jake Ferguson, who we just kind of talked about. Uh, but the target volume, he gets targeted more like a wide receiver than a tight end. Yeah, uh, agree on that. And, you know, Christian Kirk's 5,900. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 5,800. If Zay Jones is out, I think Christian Kirk would normally be in play. But again, this is a 13-game slate. I'm just not interested in taking any of these Jacksonville pieces, and that includes Travis Etienne. So uh, let's move on. Uh, Again, if you have questions about these games, feel free to put them in the chat. Those of you that are asking um, redraft questions, uh, sorry, just because of the time limitations of this show, like there's just no way we can answer those. But if you have a specific DFS question, uh, certainly go ahead and put it in the chat. Vikings minus one and a half at the Packers. Uh, 42 point total. Not a lot I'm interested in here. I mean, part of me wants to monitor Aaron Jones and see if he's like definitely playing. And I think you could run Aaron Jones and like a Jordan Addison on the other side, just just somewhat some small correlation there. But I don't think I'm getting to any of that. The one thing about Addison that I like is I think Kirk Cousins just like he just targets his number one receiver. And we know Addison has talent. So I don't think what we saw last week is an aberration in terms of the quality of targets that Addison was getting. He's only 5,700. 
it's interesting, but it's at Green Bay. Like, I, I think I'm just out on this game, Mike. Yeah, this one is interesting to me. Um, the low total, not super attractive outdoors at Green Bay. The first thing you need to look at when we get this late in the year is what's the weather going to do there, right? Mm-hmm. It actually isn't bad. 40 degrees, uh, that's warm for Green Bay, basically. Uh, very comfortable football weather overall. So I'm not worried about it from that angle. Uh, I think the thing that's so fascinating about the Minnesota Vikings is they do two things at an alarming rate, like much higher than league average. That's throw the football. They, they don't run the football much at all. They throw the football a ton, and they blitz at an alarming rate defensively. Uh, now, how will Jordan Love handle that blitz, I think, is very, very interesting. I think the one thing that I could see from him, which is it makes him DFS viable, I think he could have a massive day with his legs. I think that there's mm-hmm. scenarios here where Jordan Love could run for 60-plus yards. Um, whether or not I jam him in in DFS, I don't think I'm going to get there because of some of the other situations. Uh, but I will have some interest in looking at some of his uh, player props, uh, most specifically looking at his rushing yards. Uh, that number right now is set at 15 and a half, uh, a number that he is routinely hitting. He had one day against Detroit, negative two rushing yards, but basically every other game he's going over this. Um, he's had long rushes of 24, 24, and 26 this season. When you're facing a team that's going to be blitzing as much as they are, I think that uh, it's probably a better look in the betting market if you have access to it. Um, but don't discount it because that definitely helps uh, a DFS floor. Yeah, a uh, quick question uh, not related to this game from Michael Pace. He says, thoughts on Walker playing for Seattle? Uh, I know he didn't practice yesterday, and Zach Charbonnet had a full practice. So, I mean, that does impact the slate. I mean, we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. Mike, do you have an opinion on Ken Walker in terms of whether he plays on Sunday? Uh, I don't have a strong take on it. I generally think that he would. Um, you know, the, the non-participant versus a limited participant is certainly always interesting. Um you know, I, I think that it's one of those situations, it's a late game. Like, you're, we're, we don't need to know that information just yet. I know we're doing the show right now and doing things like that. Yeah. Uh, if he is ruled out, I think the biggest thing to watch out for uh, is Charbonnet probably gets it all, but we've seen weird things with guys like DJ Dallas before. Mm. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot of digging if that ends up happening. But overall, I think that he probably still goes. Um, but if he doesn't, yeah, it's, it's something we can handle on Twitter, handle on Sportsline. Uh, I'll address it in my article there. Uh, but honestly, it's not a situation I've dug too deeply into just yet. Yeah, I, I like that. And for the record, I'm going to be playing um, – like last week I played more early slate than afternoon slate. Of course, I played the main slate too. But this week, uh, because of the four games versus the nine games, I think I'm going to be focused on a lot of afternoon slate lineups. And I think that for me, that's when Charbonnet is really going to have an impact potentially if Kenneth Walker is not playing. Um, certainly, I would consider him in the main slate too. But just again, I, I have to stress, consider alternate slates, alternative slates – uh, early slate, uh, afternoon slate, uh, certainly all in play. What's not in play for me, other than one player, is this Jets-Giants game. Jets minus two and a half at the Giants, 36 and a half point total. Brees Hall is 5,900. Well, that makes a lot of sense. He's going to be chalky. Put him in your cash lineups. Maybe fade him in tournaments. Um, but, I, and by the way, I think the chalky running backs, we mentioned Pollard. Uh, Mike referenced Kamara, w- which we'll get to. I think Bijan, because of his price, is going to get some ownership. CMC, Pacheco, we'll get to him too. But Brees Hall is one of those guys that's going to be up there. Uh, let me just ask you, is he the only guy you're interested in, and are you playing Brees Hall? 
Uh, I'm playing Brees Hall for sure. Um, may not be a lock button situation, but certainly going to have uh, a, a healthy amount. Uh, other old guys in the game, I don't think so. Like Garrett Wilson is talented enough. You can play him as a one-off if you want to, uh, but certainly not a game environment that I really want to attack. So it, for me, it's Brees Hall and potentially a defense, and that's it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely probably not going to play Garrett Wilson. It's not because I don't think he can have a big game. I just think there's other options I, I'm going to be going to. I, I really just don't want a piece of that game other than Brees Hall. So, And I'll be playing him definitely in my cash games. I think Brees Hall, Kamara, and Pacheco, Mike, real quick – I think those are like my three favorite cash game options. I'm not asking you to necessarily list your favorite cash game options because I'm just kind of asking you this on the fly. But Kamara, Pacheco, Brisol, kind of off the top of your head here, are those three of your more favorite cash game options, double up options? Yep, those would okay. be the three. Um, if you want to justify Tony Pollard all the way up to 7,500 with Kamara, uh, that would definitely change your lineup construction a little bit. But yeah, it's Kamara, Pacheco, and Brisol. Uh, pretty clearly the top and until we have uh, a definitive answer on Seattle. Gotcha. All right. Um, let's talk about the Texans minus three and a half at the Panthers. This is a 43 and a half point total. This one is at least interesting to me. You know, I, I think CJ Stroud is at 6,300. I think tank Dell is back. He's 4,900. Obviously Nico Collins, 5,500. I don't even want to say this is sneaky. It's not like CJ Stroud is sneaky anymore. But I think both sides of the ball could potentially move it. Now, the, on the Carolina side, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Hubbard and, and Miles Sanders. So I don't know that I want to get involved there unless one of them is actually sitting out the game. Obviously, Thielen's in play, but he's priced up, Mike, at 6600 I'm just not quite as interested, even though I know he's probably going to pay off that price. Uh, with that said, are you interested in stacking this game or any pieces in this game? I'm not going to, personally. Um, I, I thought initially when I just saw the matchup, uh, but – CJ Stroud's up to $6,300. He is more expensive than Joe Burrow. He's more expensive uh, than Dak Prescott. <laughs> He's more expensive than Jordan Love, um, who I think has a ton of rushing upside this week. It, it's just a situation where the price point's gotten a little out of hand, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm not going to be anywhere on this game. Uh, I get it if you want to play Adam Thielen. Uh, I, I really do. But Based on everything I'm projecting and running here, like they're so similarly priced to the Dallas Cowboys uh, that I would rather go that route. Like, yeah. I, honestly, I would rather have Dak Prescott and, and Michael Gallup or Dak Prescott and his tight end, Jake Ferguson, than CJ Stroud and, and one of those pass catchers. Uh, just the game environment overall, and it's cheaper. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be off this game. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think if you wanted to get crazy – I think you could you could double stack Stroud with Tank Dell and Nico Collins and just hope you get lucky on this game. And of course, you can run it back with Thielen or maybe you try to get lucky with Mingo or DJ Shark. I think, you know, keep in mind, we're, Mike and I aren't like doing the 150 max stuff, right? I mean, Mike, sometimes you do that mostly for showdown, but you're, you know, you're generally keeping things pretty condensed in terms of your tournament selection. So if, if you're playing a lot of lineups, I think you could get involved in this game with respect to like a heavy stack on the Texan side with maybe one bring back. But uh, or maybe just you, you stack them with one of these two receivers, Nico and Tank Dell. But I'm probably, Mike, I agree with you. There's other games that we're coming up on that I really like, so I'm probably staying out of that. By the way, Garrett has a question. Wandale an option, avoiding Reed and Sauce, he asks. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, I, I don't know who's playing quarterback. I think it's going to be Tyrod. I don't know if it's Daniel Jones, but I'm just avoiding that game. 
Uh, I think Waller's interesting if Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback, um, and then yeah. we can just kind of move on from there. He's 5,200. He could have a big game, but uh, I'm probably not getting there. Uh, Falcons minus 2.5 at the Titans. This one's interesting for maybe one or two primary reasons. One is Bijan's only 6,000. And I think everybody expects him to respond from last week. Not that he got benched or anything, but he had those headaches. He really didn't play much. And, and I think Arthur Smith is kind of probably feeling the heat a little bit, in, just in terms of not just last week, but just in general, not using Bijan uh, properly. I mean, I, I think I say that with some confidence. There have been high leverage situations, like high impact situations late in games where he's deferred to Tyler Algier, and the st- statistics don't back that up. So I think Bijan gets a normal workload. He's only 6,000. I'm not playing him in cash, but I think in tournaments, he's interesting. He's probably going to carry some ownership. The only other guy that I think is interesting because nobody's going to play him is Derrick Henry. Do you like anything in this game? I mean, I like Bijan a little bit in a tournament uh, just with the price point there. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, again, always interesting. Um, I don't love the volume that, that we've seen. Uh, mostly off of it, I probably will end up with one Bijan lineup, though, at 6K. Yeah. Okay. And as far as Derrick Henry, everybody keep in mind, Ryan Tannehill not playing in this game. It's looking to be some combination of Will Levis and uh, Malik Willis. I don't know that they've come to a determination as to, you know, whether one of those guys is definitely starting and finishing the game. So either way, it's not a great situation uh, for Derrick Henry in terms of the Falcons have been good against the run, by the way, Uh, but also like they're probably going to stack the box. I don't think Malik Willis or Will Levis is really scaring anybody with their arm, at least not at this juncture of their careers. Speaking of not scaring anybody with their arm, the Saints are minus one at the Colts, 44-point total. Derek Carr. Well, I mean, I don't even know what to say about Derek Carr. I, I was actually kind of – this is like kind of a strong thing to say, but I was like a little embarrassed for him last week because he was just so mad and yelling at everybody, and it was like, dude, clearly you're the problem. Like, let's not like – like defer all of this and pretend like it's everybody else's fault, even though Chris Olave clearly didn't finish that one route that he was really yelling about. But I, you know, listen, I like Kamara in this game. I'm not going to go to the, to the um, Gardner Minshew stuff. I'm probably not going to be on downs, even though he's only 4,800 Pittman 6,500. I think Pittman and downs are interesting if you wanted to get crazy and try to stack this game. But to me, Mike, it's Kamara and I'm out. Kamara's 7,300. What do you think? Yes, it's uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, we've been talking about it for weeks now. We basically both said Alvin Kamara is nearly an autoplay until his price point is 8K plus. Then you have to start thinking about it in terms of matchups. Uh, the volume is just absolutely incredible. Touched the football 29 times against Jacksonville. Uh, I, I think he's got a floor of 25 touches based off what we've seen. Uh, that's what you should expect, literally 25 touches. Uh, at 25 touches with his skill set, he's – frankly, $8,500 player. So I, I love this spot for him. We've now seen multiple games with 14 targets, uh, 12 receptions and 13 receptions. Uh, I think we see that again. Um, I love the usage. I, I honestly love how much they're using him. So Kamara and a dome uh, against a team that we've seen has the ability to get into those shootouts. So we just saw him in one with Cleveland of all teams, right? So yeah, give me Alvin Kamara. Just out of curiosity, because you did mention the the optimal game conditions, uh, you're not considering a Minshew stack, are you? Not exactly. Um, I don't mind it. Just the price point's so close to Dak that I like this week. Um, we'll talk about the San Francisco situation a little bit as well. I, I think it's okay. Like I, I, there are scenarios where Gardner Minshew can get it done again for sure. Um, I think that 34 point performance uh, with two rushing touchdowns is probably the anomaly here. I don't think that's uh, 
ever likely to happen again in his career. So I, I'm going to be off of him. And one last thing on this game, obviously Jonathan Taylor starting to make an impact start like the, the usage is increasing, but Zach Moss is still a problem in that backfield, or at least as it relates to Jonathan Taylor. I'm out on both of those guys, but JT is only 6,200. Is that a guy you'd speculate on or, or not on this particular slate? I generally don't mind it. Uh, you know, it's the volume that's there against Cleveland. It came right back and, and that's what we like to see. Uh, the thing we've been speculating on uh, for the last few weeks here on the show is his passing work, and that's what I've been most encouraged with, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Six targets, four targets, 45 yards. When he adds that to his game, uh, you know, we're starting to get to like a miniature Alvin Kamara situation where th this is a $7,000 player, right? It's not mm -hmm. a $6,000 player. So if you want to play him, I don't mind it. Uh, I think my decision on that ultimately would come down to what are you doing with Bijan? Are you taking a shot there if you're not, or if we think the field is all going to Bijan uh, at 6,200, 6, I think that those two players are, are quite similar other than I think Taylor's usage is more predictable. Okay. Uh, agree with that. Now we we've got back-to-back -back questions. This is so perfect. Like our, our chat is so sort of like in sync with, um, Mike, you in particular, like, listen, this show has been talking about playing two tight ends for a couple of years now. And, and mm -hmm. not that we do it every week, but like we, you always sort of incorporate that into the conversation when, when it's necessary. And we talked about it last week, by the way, the Millie maker from last week, my, my understanding is they, that person played two tight ends. Now, granted, it wasn't a cheap tight end. They played Kelsey and Mark Andrews, which is great. Like good job. But there's a couple questions here. Um, let me start with Garrett's. He says, do you like, Schultz and McBride, and we'll get to McBride, by the way, as two tight ends to jam in so that you can get in Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. And by the way, you could you could say any two names at the top here. You could say CMC and Tyreek Hill. But do you like that strategy of maybe two low low end tight ends, at least from a price standpoint? I do. Uh, it is one that I will likely be using myself this week, honestly. Uh, and the reason for that is I like Jake Ferguson as a stack with Dak Prescott. So you like Schultz. That's fine. Maybe you even like CJ Stroud better. You can play that combo instead. Uh, McBride, though, 2,800. I, I do kind of like having him in the flex there. Uh, it does let me get Cooper Cup, uh, Alvin Kamara, whatever stack I want. Um, yeah, I think that that's going to be a route that I take personally. So I, I'm glad to see people remembering it, people doing it. Uh, you know, where it started from was the Travis Kelsey experience where you're essentially calling him a wide receiver uh, and playing a low-end tight end. So, there are scenarios, though, where it's two tight ends that are cheap here. Uh, you know, looking at this scenario for me with Ferguson at 3,600, McBride at 2,800, I, I would put their combo line up against some of those $5,000 wide receivers for sure. All right. I like that. And I think that answers Scott's questions. Scott, you were asking, Mike, if he's done the two tight end thing this year. And actually, we talked about it last yeah. week. So I know for a fact that he has. I've done it here and there as well. Um, I wish I'd played Mark Andrews last week. That early slate, Mike, I actually would have won a tournament, uh, basically a thousand-person tournament. I ended up finishing 22nd. I made a decent amount of money, but if I had just paid up for a Mark Andrews uh, and paid down from my contrarian play of Saquon Barkley, paid down to, to Jameer Gibbs, uh, I would have won the whole thing. So it was just uh, kind of frustrating. I, I, I tried to get cute with Saquon against Washington. It kind of made sense to me. Gibbs really didn't get there till towards the end of the game, in my opinion. Uh, so it just didn't end up working out, but uh, it, it was fun. Uh, okay, so answered those questions. Everybody hit the like button. We're going to get to the 4 o'clock games, but before we do that, one more break. We're going to hear a word from our partner. And one last reminder to join our FFT DFS contest that we do every single week. It's five bucks. It's in the uh, chat description. It's in 
the YouTube description and, of course, in the podcast description. All right, there's a lot of interesting games in this afternoon slate, but I'm probably going to lead with the least interesting of those games. Uh, Browns plus three and a half at the Seahawks, 38-point total. Listen, this Browns defense, I, I still think is formidable. I, I don't understand. I, I truly don't understand what happened against Indianapolis. I mean, the, the defense looked good, and then there were times where the defense looked really, really bad. But they're at the Seahawks. Again, 38-point total. I'm not interested in much in this game. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt was interesting to me, at least at the beginning of the week, uh, in potentially uh, or certainly a negative game script. I mean, I, I can't believe this line's only three and a half now that I think about it with P.J. Walker uh, likely starting at quarterback. But, um, you know, Pierre, Pierre Strong likely in a neutral game strip probably gets in this game a little bit. I don't think I'm interested in any Seahawks, to be honest with you. Not on this slate, although, you know, if Zach Charbonnet ends up being the starter, obviously at 4,300, that makes a lot of sense. Any interest in anything in this game, Mike? Uh, just waiting out that situation with the running back on Seattle side. Uh, you know, if you want to play Kareem Hunt, I think it's fine. He did sneak into my player pool. Um, I thought it might be not only a sneak in, but like a you got to play him kind of situation, but it's not projecting that way. Um, Kenneth Walker, if he plays, I think is also a fine tournament play. Um, I'm trying to look. Other than that, I don't have anyone – uh, in this game, yeah, no, nothing. I think Cream Hunt is fine if you you want to speculate, um, but overall, I think I'm off this game. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as Kareem Hunt is healthy, and I'm really talking in the context of the afternoon slate only, again, which is only four games. I think Kareem Hunt is certainly in play. And by the way, I want to mention something from a previous game. It's really not a big deal, but that Texans game that we talked about. I think it's worth mentioning Damian Pierce. I haven't played Damian Pierce all year. I don't plan on playing him this week or next week or any week. Uh, but I do want to mention that Devin Singletary at 4,400 did get half the touches before their, the game before their buy. And, Mike, let me just ask you, we already kind of know, like, what running backs we want to play, and we know kind of how cheap we want to go. But would you even consider, if you're stacking receivers and you got this big, uh, like, Lamar Jackson stack, for example, you're paying a lot of money, would you consider like going to Devin Singletary because you think maybe he'll split touches again? Or is that just way too speculative? I think it's a little too speculative personally. Um, you know, if we don't get a favorable situation in Seattle uh, and you're not comfortable playing Kareem Hunt and you want to go that route, I think it's okay. Um, but I, I think you're more likely to get a more favorable situation in Seattle uh, and, and maybe even uh, with the Rams again. Yeah. Um, and, and interesting, you note the Rams. Is Darryl, uh, Darrell Henderson in the conversation for you at all? He snuck in the player pool. That's why I just saw the name. Uh, he's right around the Kareem Hunt uh, in terms of uh, exposure when I run 50-plus lineups. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, Darrell Henderson or Darrell, Darrell Henderson. It's Darrell, right? Or is it Darrell Henderson? Uh, I think it's Darrell, but I honestly, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, admittedly, I, a lot of times I don't watch football games with the audio on unless it's a primetime game. So yeah, fair I, enough. Well, either way, one thing I do know is that he's 4,800. So, um, yeah, that's a, he's, a, he's certainly an interesting piece. Obviously, there's still maybe a rotation in that Rams backfield, but uh, certainly Henderson got the lion's share uh, last week. Okay, let's go to a much more interesting game than Brown Seahawks. We've got three games to go before we get to our cheat sheets and Mike's top three at each position. Mike, it's your Chiefs. Minus seven. Uh, this line's gone down. I think it was minus eight yesterday. They're minus seven at the Broncos. A nice, healthy 47-point total. I don't think the weather is going to be an issue in Denver, which certainly helps. We always have the question when it comes to Mahomes. You always end up like – it's funny because I always find a justification not to play Mahomes and Kelsey, 
because it's too expensive and you're always on the other side and it usually pays off for you like it did last week. And I imagine, Mike, that's why you almost won all those FanDuel tournaments last week, even though you had Cooper Cup in your lineup because you had Mahomes stacked to Kelsey. So my question for you is, are you running it back this week? Uh, Possibly. Um, I actually think the weather does have a little impact here, though. Mm -hmm. It's not going to snow during the game. It looks like it's going to be morning snow showers. Uh, but the high that day is 28 degrees uh, mm. with a little north winds. Uh, it, you know, it's going to feel cold. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the first real cold weather game of the NFL season this year. Um, it's very possible with what we're looking at that all the snow gets pushed back. It's going to snow all day Saturday morning on Sunday. If that's delayed at all uh, and we do see snow, you know, closer to game time, just the cold is going to be an issue. Um so that's it is going to have some impact when you're talking altitude and cold for the first time. Uh, it's not going to be comfortable, um, and that's why you've seen the spread shrink. Uh, it was an eight and a half, touch nine for a brief second, down to seven. It wouldn't shock me if we saw a six and a half if the snow was really going to be an issue, and we're not going to know that until you know at least 24 hours from now, uh, as far as exact timing on it. Um, Having said that, Patrick Mahomes is still very good at football. Travis Kelsey is very good at football. Isaiah Pacheco is cash game playable, tournament playable. I have no interest in anything on the Denver side. Yeah, I, I don't either. Javante Williams is certainly looking good, but I have no interest in Javante there. Even though he's only 5,200, maybe again in the afternoon slate, maybe it's something to consider. But honestly, even on the afternoon slate, I don't think I'm getting there with him. Uh, Rasheed Rice is 5K. I think that would be the only receiver outside of Travis Kelsey, who's actually a receiver too. Um, I, I'd consider Rasheed Rice. I, I do think he has some boom potential, but but I assume, Mike, if you end up getting to a Broncos, or I should say a, a Kansas City stack, is it just going to be Mahomes to Kelsey and you're out? Yeah, Mahomes to Kelsey and I'm out, or just there's a small chance it's Mahomes to Pacheco. Uh, I'm just yeah. kind of still betting on the team, but I really don't think this is a slate to do that. Yeah, I'll say this. The Denver pass defense is bad, and they're down Kareem Jackson thanks to his uh, two-game suspension. It was four, reduced to two. Uh, but the rush defense is pretty bad, too. Now, their defense as a whole has been a little bit better because they were really injured in the beginning of the year. They got, they've got they gotten a, a couple of pieces back. Um, but I think Pacheco's in line for some receptions and, and a lot of uh, rushing work, especially in this cold-weather environment. So he's a guy I'm definitely probably probably locking in in my cash games and i'll play a little bit of him in tournaments too so probably mike i'm 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 anticipating that part of the reason that you're not like fully in on Mahomes stacks like you normally are is because these next two games these are the last two games are extremely interesting uh ravens at cardinals we'll start there and then we'll go to Bengals at 49ers um the reason i think the ravens is really interesting is because you've got that like what feels like it's going to be sort of a track meet in Arizona with Lamar Jackson and, and all of his players. I think all of the Ravens are in play. Gus Edwards certainly in play. Lamar to Zay Flowers, Lamar to Mark Andrews, double stack Lamar to both of those guys. I think it's all in play here. He's going to be a popular QB on the slate. Totally get it. The run back options for Arizona. I mean, Marquise Brown has boom potential, also bust potential. Outside of him, not really interested in anybody, not playing Amari DiMarcado. Are you interested in a Lamar stack at all? I don't mind it. Um, you know, I, I really don't mind it because I think it is a scenario where there could be just enough resistance that uh, they are pushed to score 30 plus points. Lamar does a lot of it himself. So I, I really, 
I, I've let, you know, we'll see when we get to some of the cheat sheet stuff. It's possible that I actually give up all my Mahomes exposure that I wanted. I say all of it, basically one lineup uh, in favor of a Lamar Jackson lineup. So, mm-hmm. yes, I like him. I do think they can push. Uh, the number one bring back for me is still going to be the cheap tight end, McBride, uh, 2,800. Oh, that's that's going to be you. my uh, number one bring back. I will mention it is a slight revenge game for Marquise Brown. Uh, potentially they feature him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Once again, with Marquise Brown, though, I will say that I think the preferred route to a target him is through a longest reception market. Um, he typically is very good for having a longest reception market. So that's where I would target him. I think they do look for him on a deep ball uh, a time or two, but I don't think I'm going to play him in DFS. I think it would be a scenario where I would just – Ravens onslaught, bet on them scoring 30 to 40 points and having some of these other games flop a little bit. I think that's the winning scenario here. Yeah, I had Marquise Brown over 53 and a half receiving yards last week. He ended up on 49. He's just been so inefficient. And that's mostly Josh Dobbs. Like he just hasn't been super on target. Um, when you say onslaught, let's explain that for everybody. Are you saying Lamar with, with basically two players with Lamar? Yeah, so I do it with Kansas City a bit sometimes too. Uh, what it actually I like to do is quarterback, running back, top pass catcher. Uh, so for Kansas City side, it's always going to be Mahomes, Pacheco, and Travis Kelsey. And, and the games that they score 30-some points, you're generally accounting for a lot of the offensive scoring, if not all of it. Um, I think you could get away with doing that here uh, in this particular game. So Lamar, you know, as far as – Pass catcher, it could be, you know, you have to make the decision between Andrews and Zay. Uh, I would lean Zay if I had to, though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And, and by the way, let, I'm going to ask an afternoon slate question to you. Let's say I do Lamar to Zay, for example. Are you okay? And, get, and again, afternoon slate, it's only four games. Are you okay with a McBride and a Marquise Brown run back in that case? Yeah, when it's a much smaller slate, I think you can definitely get away with it. Um, and on, on the bigger slate, I, I – you know, I, you can definitely still get away with it on a bigger slate. In theory, it's better uh, on the bigger slate because it'll be way less owned. But uh, mm. I, I think there are better options. Okay. Uh, speaking of better options, uh, let's go to a very, very interesting game. Uh, the Bengals are plus four visiting the San Francisco 49ers, 43.5 point total. Of course, the Niners coming off that loss looking to rebound, but they don't have their starting quarterback because Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. And the way these concussion protocols work, usually when you enter in the same week, you don't play in that same week. So it uh, looks like Sam Darnold at 4,300 on DraftKings. Am I reading that correctly? I think I am. Sam Darnold, 4,300 on DraftKings. Uh, listen, the Bengals have been pretty good against the pass, but Sam Darnold at 4,300, that's hard to resist, right, Mike? It is hard to resist. Uh, I don't think there's a massive gap between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. I uh, I would argue Sam Darnold could potentially be better if he had this role full-time. So I, I like that this is a uh, system QB, really. Um, and I like that the fact the game's at home. You know, San Francisco struggled the last two weeks, but some of that can be explained, right? So they had the first game at Cleveland. It's an early start road game with a lot of weather. And then the second one, it's a prime time spot stepping into Minnesota with a team that plays with an abnormally high blitzing rate with a young quarterback. Uh, and obviously all the injuries, right? Williams out on the offensive line. CMC may be limited, somewhat limited in that spot. No Debo Samuel. It was just kind of the perfect storm. So returning home for them, I think this is a great spot to back Darnold and stack him. 
as far as Brock Purdy playing in this game, I don't think it happens. Uh, I think one thing that's really important to call out here, San Francisco is on their bye next week. Um, mm. Considering the home game and, and everything, it, it's been incredibly likely to see, unlikely to see someone go through concussion protocol and actually make it to the game yeah. uh, on Sunday. So I don't think it happens. I think it would be kind of foolish for them personally. Uh, so I expect the Sam Darnold show, and I will be playing him at 4,300. All right, so I have a couple of follow-ups, but let me just get the Bengals out of the way. A, do you like Jamar Chase? I certainly do at 8,100. And B, now that Mixon is down to 5,800, I haven't played him all year. I'm not playing him this week either. But at 5,800, does he start to make a little bit of sense to you? Any, any other Bengals that you're interested in? And comment on those two. Uh, Jamar Chase, yes, absolutely. One of my favorite plays of the week. Joe Mixon is viable. He is right in that same range for me as Kareem Hunt, um, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift. Uh, guys that make the player pool, not going to be in my top five lineups, the five that I actually end up playing. If I were playing 50-plus, I would start to get uh, exposure to them in the form of you know 10% uh, kind of exposure. So playable if you like them, not for me. Um, love Jamar Chase, though. The Bengals, in general, have been extremely successful coming off of a bye. Uh, that's what they're coming off of. Jamar mm -hmm. Chase, we have seen extreme target share for him. Uh, we obviously remember the three-touchdown, 19-target game where he scored 55 fantasy points. Uh, I don't think we see that again, but the price point really hasn't exploded. He's just 8,100 still. The volume that he's getting, he should be much closer to Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup. Uh, Despite the matchup, I, I think this matchup's actually one where he, he's likely to see that target volume again. Gotcha. Okay, so give me two variations of a Sam Darnold stack before we get to your top three at each position. Uh, for me, it'll be Darnold to um, Christian McCaffrey, and then it'll be Darnold to Brandon Ayuk. Um, I, I like Ayuk. The price point's high at 7K. I don't think a lot of people are going to get to him. We don't know what kind of chemistry happens there. So I, it's likely where I'm likely to play him, though is going to be Darnold to McCaffrey and then just Darnold without a sack, just taking advantage of a $4,300 oh, quarterback and yeah. allowing me to build the lineup the rest of the way that I want to. That's funny you mentioned that. I wish I could remember which quarterback I did that with uh, a few weeks ago. I, I, I basically just played the value of the quarterback and I got out and it really worked out for me, even though that quarterback didn't even have that big of a game. It might have been Gardner Minshew's uh, first game maybe yeah. the first game he played and, and they, they set the pricing before Anthony Richardson was ruled out and Minshew didn't even have a good game, but my, because of what it allowed my lineup to do the the tournament lineup, like really cashed and if Gardner Minshew had just had a decent game, but really would have gone to the moon there. So that's, um, I think people forget that Mike sometimes uh, that's a really good call out there. All right. Speaking of good call outs, um, we got to do your top three at each position. So let's start at the quarterback position. Some familiar names here, uh, at least from if you listen to this show, the last, what, 45 minutes, uh, this should not be a surprise. But I'm, I'm curious if you swap out your third one here. Give me your QBs. Uh, yeah, so QBs, it's going to be Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Patrick Mahomes for now, but there's a little asterisk. It could be Lamar Jackson. It's going to be one of those two. Um, but really, Prescott and Darnold are, will be the majority, and then my final lineup will be either Mahomes or Lamar. Uh, for running backs, it, it's Tony Pollard, Alvin Kamara, and Brees Hall. Uh, it could end up being more Isaiah Pacheco, uh, definitely right there in, in that range. But love Alvin Kamara, love Tony Pollard for sure. 
Uh, at wide receiver, I listed Tyreek Hill first. I am swapping that to Cooper Cup. He, he's going to be my top guy in this week, uh, just based on all the ownership I'm seeing now. Uh, I'm expecting single-digit ownership on Cooper Cup, and mm. I am willing to willing to partake in that for sure. Number two, Jamar Chase. Love the volume. Love the time off. I, I think this is a great spot to back them. Whether or not the Bengals win or even cover the spread, I think we're seeing double-digit targets again for sure for Jamar Chase. And then Michael Gallup's guy listed. I love the target volume. I love the price point. I love the matchup. I love the stackability. Uh, 3,600 Michael Gallup is someone I'm going to have heavily featured. Uh, Tight end, Jake Ferguson stacking with Dak Prescott. Again, you never see me on the Cowboys. I'm on the Cowboys this week. I I like their their offenses a lot. Uh, Evan Ingram was the next tight end I listed. And the reason for that is I don't think enough people are going to play him. At 4,500, I think he could see double-digit targets in a game that is frankly ugly, and Trevor Lawrence is going to need a little safety valve. Uh, and then Trey McBride, uh, 2,800. Can they push it all? We'll see. I think he's going to have the volume. I think there are scenarios where he gets there uh, against Baltimore. All right, so let's go to my cheat sheet. Uh, so I have uh, – this is basically a tie, but I'm going to go with what, what, what you see on the screen here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 8,100 to Zay Flowers, 5,600. But I was talking to Mike pre-show. Another one that I really like is is what we just talked about, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold. So, again, that's not your typical stack, right, because it's not with a receiver. But we know who Christian McCaffrey really is. You know, he's a receiver and a running back at the same time. So uh, I like both of those stacks. Those are the stacks I'm going to be mostly all in on. My value play is Demario Douglas at 3,300. Honestly, I could have put Trey McBride there too. So, like, don't. You know, don't be married to this chart. There's a couple, and obviously Mike has some too. Demario Douglas, Trey McBride, probably a, ch- a tie there. Going to be playing a little bit of both of those. My chalk play is going to be Alvin Kamara for all the reasons we talked about. He's not even 8K yet, and that's uh, the price Mike would put on him, certainly the price I'd put on him uh, right here and right now. My contrarian play, uh, Devontae Smith. I just think people are frustrated, frustrated with Devontae Smith. And just for the same reason, you know, I played Saquon Barkley last week, and by the way, that did not work out for me. I'm targeting the Washington defense, and I'm going to target them with somebody that nobody's going to want to play. Everybody's going to want to play A.J. Brown. Makes a ton of sense. A.J. Brown likely has a better game, but Devontae Smith could have one of those 150-yard games and and a touchdown or two because it's the Washington defense. So that's my contrarian play. Um, It could crash and burn, but that's what contrarian plays are for. My fade, Travis Etienne. I'm fading the Jacksonville Jaguars in general in the betting market. All things Jacksonville. Christian Kirk, no. Travis Etienne, no. Trevor Lawrence, no fade the Jags for me at least Mike your cheat sheet Dak Prescott uh, I'm in on the Cowboys this week so Dak Prescott to Jake Ferguson you can make it Gallup if you want you can make it CD Lamb or Tony Pollard if you want uh, pick your favorite kind of like them all but for me it's going to be tight end Jake Ferguson I think this Rams team is not very good covering tight ends so that's where I'm going to be uh, my value play will also be a Dallas Cowboy Michael Gallup 3400 uh, simply too cheap for the volume the matchup again a big theme here. I want these guys in a dome in a controlled environment. The later we get into the season, the more that becomes important to me. Uh, that's where we're going to play Michael Gallup. The chalk play, Brees Hall, 5,900. Uh, the volume is too good. The price point is too good. This could be Isaiah Pacheco. If you want to go that route, I'm going to go Brees Hall to start. Contrarian, Cooper Cup might feel a little weird to see this. Uh, I am at this moment projecting single digit ownership on Cooper Cup. Uh, it fits naturally with my bring back uh, or with my stack in the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's a massive bounce back week for him after one of his worst games uh, really in the last year and a half. 
And then my fade, Kendrick Bourne, uh, 4,700. It's weird to see a fade at 4,700. It's not taking a massive stance. I think it is taking a little stance, though, just considering the ownership level that we've seen with him. Uh, I think he's been extremely popular. And when I say I'm fading him, I'm fading him in cash games. I'm fading him across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily like New England against Miami here. I think this is a good spot for Miami's defense to kind of get right uh, at home. So I'm fading Kendrick Bourne here. All right. I like that. And before we get out of here, just a couple quick questions. It's funny. Uh, just one more thing is the name of this tag. So I'm going to read yeah. just one more thing's question <laughs> question as we try to get out of here. Uh, he asks about George Kittle, like knowing that you're, you're considering or not considering you're playing Sam Darnold. Um, and he mentions like Bengals, you know, have a pass rush and that, that Darnold and Kittle are boys. Apparently that's news to me. Uh, and, you know, typically when a QB's kind of thrust back in there, they're, they're going to lean on those short area targets to the big targets in the middle of the field. Like, a George Kittle. I'm not going to be on George Kittle at 5,400, but does that make sense to you? Somebody you'd consider considering you're, you're playing a lot of Sam Darnold. It makes a little sense. Uh, I, I think you can get there if you want to, I I'm electing to, to stack a different direction. So the thing that you always need to be careful with, uh, with Kittle, the correlation to the offensive line. Uh, now you're bringing in a backup quarterback. Trent Williams is critical here. If Trent Williams plays, then yes, fire away. If not, those are the situations where Kittle gets called on a little bit more in his blocking assignments. Mm -hmm. um, with a quarterback change like that, I think that this is probably a situation where he would be called on a little more uh, in that role. Um, again, it is very speculative. We, we don't have massive sample sizes of that. We have seen it, though. Um, just knowing with the pass rush and all that, I could see him being used in, in a blocking assignment just a touch more than you would like at that price point on a full slate. Um, so I'm not going to go that route. However, he's very talented, especially uh, after the catch. So if you like him, definitely play him. I, I think he's going to be blocking more. And one last thing before we go, um, we're, I don't think we're, either of us are playing any Burrow stacks, but uh, Burrow to Chase and Higgins with a CMC run back. Any interest there? I don't mind it. Uh, the price point's low enough. Uh, it's For me, it's one of the situations where I'm just going to play Jamar Chase. I think that that's, that's where it's kind of all going. I think against this particular matchup, the scenario where Burrow is needed is a little unlikely. Um, there are scenarios where Jamar Chase is needed because he has – 13 catches uh, and does land in the end zone and does rack up the yards while Burrow may, maybe only has one touchdown pass and that touchdown. Um, so I think Chase is far more of a necessity than, than Burrow is. Absolutely. Uh, Rick Johnson says, awesome show. Thanks for the content. Uh, that is our content. And by the way, if you watch us on YouTube, not only do you get to ask questions uh, like that or make comments like Rick Johnson just did, you get to see Mike's background. Remember what his primary games were? Rams, Cowboys, he likes that. Chiefs, Broncos considering that he's got that San Francisco helmet behind him too. Uh, Mike, love everything behind you and love everything that you've been on this show. Um, I'll, I'll leave it there. Everybody enjoy the slate. There's a lot to talk about. Message me if you have any questions and we're going to see you on Tuesday for our recap.